Larry Johnson does it again. He is known for being an elite recruiter and an elite developer of talent. That combination helped Ohio State snag a young defensive lineman out of SEC country. Who is the player? How talented is he? We'll discuss all that today on Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to an episode of Locked On Buckeye for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jake Stevens, also the host of the Jake Stevens Podcast. It is a Friday, November 4th in the year 2022. And today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up. On underdogfantasy.com with the promo code locked on and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. On today's episode, John Garcia Jr. is back. John Garcia Jr. is the director of football recruiting at Sports Illustrated and he is locked on's football recruiting insider. John and I discussed the commitment of Caden McDonald and why you will love him and the talent that he has on the football field. Also, who could be the next commitment at Ohio State and how JT Tui Malowal's performance against Penn State impacts Buckeye recruiting. This is going to be one of two episodes today. The other one will, will come out around 3 p.m. Eastern time on the YouTube and on your favorite podcast audio listening app. It's going to be the questions, three questions I have going into Ohio State's game tomorrow against Northwestern. This is all about recruiting. This is with John Garcia Jr. This is with the one guest that gets the biggest and best reviews. And I'm glad John is back with us to discuss some amazing things going on on the Ohio State football recruiting trail. And as we welcome in John Garcia Jr., he is the director of football recruiting at Sports Illustrated and Locked On's football recruiting insider. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. I believe the last time we had John on the show, we discussed a big man who committed to Ohio State in Mr. Ian Moore. Today is another big man. Now, Ian Moore, it clocks in a few ticks shy of 300 pounds. This guy, Caden McDonald, is clear in over the 300-pound mark. I, I've seen he weighs 310. John, I've seen he weighs 315. It doesn't matter. He's a big man in the middle. He's the most recent player to commit to Ohio State. This one in the class of 2023, what can you tell us about Caden McDonald's game on the football field? Really nice get here for Ohio State, right? I mean, we look at, at this defensive class. We love the DBs. The linebacker group looks solid. You're developing some of that inside-out pass rusher class, certainly some big true pass rushers, TBD in this cycle. But you didn't have this type of guy, right? I mean, Will Smith is, you know, 265. Jason Moore, 270 maybe on the high end at best. So inside-out players – this is an interior zero one technique, three technique at the worst with McDonald, as you said, 300 plus pounds, just a, a disruptor, a guy who, look, the, the quickest path from A to B is a straight line, right? So when you line up 
over the center or one of the guards or in between, and you can wreak havoc with leverage and power and technique along with some effort, you're going to pick up scholarship offers in a hurry and you're going to fit in just about any defense in the country. And that's why this McDonald recruitment was so down to the wire, right? A lot of schools, Jay, were confident going into this thing because they really started to prioritize him over the last 12 months or so. Clemson made a late run at him, probably finished second in this recruitment. Michigan was involved. Florida was involved. Uh, Georgia was involved. Everybody shoot, sh tried to shoot their shot here with McDonald, but that longstanding relationship with Ohio State was, was part of the reason why the, the Buckeyes won out for another elite Georgia recruit. Every single cycle we see them picking and prodding. We talk about Florida a lot, but they do so pretty well in the state of, of Georgia there um, on top of it. And look, McDonald, is he's a game wrecker. I mean, there's really there's really no other way to put it. You know, he's old school. He probably fits a little bit better in the 90s and early 2000s. But clearly, especially in the Big Ten, still very much a need for this enforcer type of interior defensive lineman. But again, he can rush the passer. I mean, I don't want to make it seem like He's a Terrence Cody gap occupier, run stuffer. I mean, he's got a bunch of sacks to his name at a very good program at, at North Gwinnett High School, uh, just, just outside of Atlanta. Uh, he lives in the backfield, and, and he, he does it with quickness, just as much as he does it with leverage. There's an awareness to his game that I really like, uh, and the technical aspect has come along plenty in the last year or so as well. He's not just bullying these guys that are a little bit smaller than him in front of him. He's winning with swim moves. He's bound stepping um, and he's running over running backs when, when, when they try to pick him up and double team. He's a very smart player that starts to shine just as much on tape as much as that pure natural leverage physicality does. That's so easy to see when you look at the second and third layer of this kid's game you start to like him a lot more and more. And that's why his recruitment became so crazy here down the stretch and everybody wanted a piece of him. John, you mentioned the swim moves and I watched some clips of him before coming on here with you. The swim move was evident and it was there, but I noticed that it, no matter if it was a one-on-one uh, -on -one block, which was rare because you can't really, no, but I don't know anybody in high school that could block this right. guy one-on-one, -on -one. but if it's a double team coming, he finds a way to get a straight line to the pass, find a straight line to the ball. And when you're an interior D lineman, that path could be to the outside of the, where the tight end was. He finds a straight line, immediately reads, reacts, goes to the ball, and he does find a lot of action in the backfield. No matter if it's a one-on-one -on -one block or a double team, maybe a triple team, maybe getting chipped by um, the running back as the running back's coming in, going out for a pass, doesn't matter. He is finding ways to find a straight line to the ball. And I think with him being three bills plus, that's huge. Because you don't want a guy who's taking these big loops around because right. he can't go just his mind is like, oh, let me loop around. Let me not go straight. He's 300 plus, 6'3". He has different moves, but he finds that straight line to the ball. And I think every coach out there wants that. But Larry Johnson and his track record of success with the linemen ultimately won this out and i can't wait to see what what larry johnson does with Cade mcdonald when he's in columbus you caskill garrett comes to mind right i mean just a playmaking interior prospect that he you know he doesn't look like joey bosa uh or, or these other physical freaks but man every time you watched ohio state play there's garrett intercepting the ball fumble recovery tackle for loss fourth down stop 
there's a lot of that in in this pickup. Um, the the ceiling isn't as high. He's not going to change a bunch physically from between now and when he's 21, 22 years old and wrapping up his Buckeye career. But the floor is so darn strong here. Again, uh, not not just a road grader, a, a physical, uh, a smart and physical player simultaneously who's also efficient and, and aware. So I, I really love the combination of, of interior traits that McDonald puts on tape. Again, his floor is higher than his ceiling. He's a guy that you don't need to change a whole lot. Uh, before you get him involved in in the Big Ten. And I think that's why he's not going to be the highest rated commit we talk about or the highest rated defensive lineman they bring in. But when you talk about guys who are going to play early, you think that he's got a better shot to see the field as, as a teenager compared to some of the other guys on board because he's just so well put together uh, and, and what he does well is so needed, again, independent of your defensive scheme. Everybody needs something like this. For, for the goal line, for short yardage, uh, or even for early downs in, in this nature of college football. I want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your season. It's Underdog Fantasy and their pick'em game for college football. Just look for your favorite Buckeyes stats, pick whether you think they'll end up with higher or lower than that number in this week's game, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players for your pick'em slip. Get all your picks right, and you'll take home some cold, hard cash. It's super simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And Underdog will double your first deposit. Up to $100. Deposit $100. Get $100 free. That's Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code Locked On. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I mention the straight line to the ball, more of a relentless pursuit type of deal that he has when he's on the field. And you mentioned physically a little bit there. You and I always talk, John, especially with the D linemen, Jason Moore. I remember we talked about him, uh, some of the old linemen, uh, Miles Walker, Austin Saraveld, putting on weight. Well, how much weight will they put on? Off on the linemen, maybe they're 280 in high school, 285. Well, they might come to Columbus and play a 310, 315 at offensive guard. With McDonald, he's 310, 315. And I think Larry Johnson wants more of a one technique now in his tenure, his career, to be heftier, to have that more that beef there. Are you thinking he might be more a guy who plays at 330, 335, stay at 315, or shed 10, 15 pounds once he's in college? Yeah, that, it could go either way here. And again, that's why I think the floor is so high, right? Because you're not going to have to change much. Whether you're, I mean, look, if you need to add weight, that's really easy uh, with, with a guy that's already that big. Or even if you need to maintain or drop five or 10. It's still very attainable once you get to a, such a structured program uh, like Ohio State. So, yeah, you're not going to have to tweak much 
with his frame, right? He's 6'2", 6'3". You know, you don't know if he's going to grow much taller. So how he's built proportionally is kind of what he is. Uh, you can tweak it and, and tone it up some, sure. And, and we expect that from every recruit jumping from high school to college. But there's not much you got to alter here. I think, again, for the responsibilities we expect – of that one technique, right, uh, to, to play the guards, beat the center, pressure the center, uh, and, and really uh, make the quarterback feel you from an interior perspective and, and help you leak out to those great pass rushers that Ohio State always has. For that purpose, I mean, he's already right there, and his game reflects that as well. He's a leverage guy with a sprinkle of technique to beat you when you think he's just going to weigh on you. So, yeah, I don't think physically you're going to need to change a whole lot to his game. You'll just enhance some of the strengths that we've talked about once he gets into that strength, conditioning, and nutritional program. And, John, I find that as a luxury, especially as a lineman, it seems like every time – I mentioned this previously, but I feel like every time we come on a commitment, out of first, one of the first thoughts in my mind is, oh, he has to put on weight mm-hmm. or maybe he has to cut weight or something along those lines – for you to be able to come in and your coaches like in your strength and conditioning, they're just like, we're just going to fine tune you just to try and cut fat, keep all the mass, maybe keep you uh, at the same weight. That's a luxury because he might get, he might feel lighter. His feet might get quicker. He's already quick off the ball. And if he gets quicker off the ball, that one technique, buddy, that's scary for opposing centers and guards. So to me, John, this is a luxury that he might actually play at the current weight that he's at in college all he has to do and all he'll be doing is fine-tuning his skills. 100%. And again, there's there's really nobody on the commitment list close to Caden McDonald from a skill set, from a, a frame standpoint. So I just think, again, you talk about building an elite group, you're trying to balance everything, right? Um, if you've got great corners, let's bring in a safety. If you've got great outside receivers, let's bring in a slot. If you've got a big power back, let's counter with a, a three down back, right? So if you've got pass rushers and inside out guys, let's get that big interior guy. Cause we know the exterior guys, a lot of those guys still on the board. I'm sure we'll talk about them, but let's, let's hit the interior and make sure that box is checked as well. So as usual, Ohio state does a very good job balancing out their recruits in a given class. And that's why for us at SI, that McDonald pickup uh, elevated them to, to the number two class in the country. I mean, it, this thing is all but wrapped up, uh, assuming they hit that edge position like we think they do. And, and and depending on how well that goes, maybe there's a shot for number one, you know, between Ohio State and Alabama. Shocker. I know we talk about it every year. Um, but look, who, who knows, depending on, on how well Ohio State closes in, in this cycle, how far it goes. But independent of that, McDonald provides balance to that defensive line uh, and some variance, which is what you need when you're building a great group. John, we're getting close to signing day for this 2023 class. And in the pre-show notes, I just said, who do you think could be the next commit? I didn't say what class specifically in your mind could be a 2024 kid, 2025 kid, or 2023. I don't know. But who do you think could be the next commitment at Ohio State? Well, look, 24 is off to a great start uh, with, with Rayola and these other guys. That, that class is going to grow, right? You just expect almost every home game to add a junior. But, you know, I think most of your audience is here for 23. Uh, so that's where my mind went first. And we just talked about it, right? You Now you have McDonald on the interior. Who's going to be on the exterior, right? Because you, you've got the inside and and that inside-out group checked. Who's going to be that exterior guy, right? Who's who's first, maybe, right? We, we, we talk about the big three all the time. And and look, as, as time has gone on here, you could still make the case for, for Uyangalale as as the most likely between the three, Damon Wilson, Keon Keeley being the other two. 
but there's starting to be a little bit more chatter with Damon Wilson. And I think hmm. he's becoming the, the wild card of the bunch, right? I think with Keeley, we know what we're getting, right? It, it, it's Alabama. It is Ohio State with a sprinkle of Florida. I think with Uyangalale, it's, it's the same big three. It's Ohio State, USC, and Oregon with those Pac-12 schools getting the benefit of the doubt of having this recruitment go a little bit longer. I think he knows exactly what he's getting at OSU. With Wilson, at one point he was like, I need to get to Texas because I, I hadn't been there. And then he's like, Miami is recruiting me hard and their commits are all over me. And then he started taking visits this fall and it's like Ohio State and Georgia have started to to kind of become the two to focus on. And, and he took two trips to Ohio State, including that official for the Notre Dame game. And really from that point, we're starting to hear a lot more Ohio State buzz. And now, just check this morning, not a whole lot planned going forward for Damon Wilson, even though he's got a couple of official visits he could potentially take. Nothing really tangibly on the docket, as far as I could tell from a quick search this morning. So that tells me this Ohio State-Georgia deal uh, could really become uh, a tipping point for Wilson. So I'm, I'm curious to see with him not having a defined timeline, uh, just how close he might be to making a decision. And, and maybe he's the next guy to jump on board for the Bucks. John, we talked about, I believe his name was Jeremiah Smith, a receiver from 2024. And someone in the YouTube comments, when you and I talked the last time about him, they asked if he was going to reclassify to 2023. I hadn't heard anything or seen anything. It could just be a question, maybe hoping that there's a fifth receiver in this recruiting class. <laughs> Have you heard anything about that? Talk talk about uh, luxury. My goodness, that would be that would be a bit absurd. <laughs> right. I, I hadn't heard it. Um, and this is the kind of this is the time of year where those decisions have to come in, right? We've seen, um, you know, Dobby Belfort's a quarterback that was in 25. He's reclassified to 24. That came in this time of year. And we've seen two DBs in Florida reclassify from 24 to 23, right? Desmond Ricks at IMG, Antoine Jackson uh, down at Dillard High School. That All those decisions came in the last couple of weeks. So this is the time of year where that stuff starts to, to get a little bit settled. I hadn't heard a lot from Jeremiah Smith's camp um, and even so, in his recruitment, which you know we talked about last week, it's Ohio State and, and certainly Miami home versus heart kind of deal. Um, you know, he seems like he's down to those two, but not done in trying to make the decision. So, not only I, I, I don't think I've heard a lot about reclassification. I don't think he's close to wrapping up the process, though. We think we know the primary contenders with with OSU and UM. I see behind you, uh, happy flip season. It reminds me of Woody Page um, on your board behind you. Happy flip season. It reminds me of Woody Page when I first started watching Around the Horn. He'd yeah. have a board behind him, and every day would be something written different. Do you see anything in the class of 2023 where a guy is currently committed, but Ohio State flips him prior to signing day? Oh, man. Um, I don't think something tangibly like, hey, I'm like, this is the guy that's on flip watch. But – Look, um, Ohio State's going to keep recruiting the South really hard. We, we mentioned the state of Florida and the state of Georgia where, where they're always after top guys. They were in it for Caleb Downs. They were in it for Justice Haynes, uh, a bunch of other guys. I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes. And then on the flip side, uh, no pun intended, there's some Ohio State commits that I know folks still really want, right? Like Jelani Thurman continues to take visits to other schools. So that, that could be interesting and potentially affect Ohio State in both ways. All those kids we mentioned are, are from the state of Georgia. So you, you never know how it goes. I know, you know, 
Miami's trying to grab uh, Carnell Tate and Brandon Ennis and Mark Fletcher. I mean, look, <laughs> it, it works both ways. Look, it's, it's not going to happen, uh, at least in bulk and in volume, uh, in terms of the uh, the Ohio State flips uh, one way or the other. But you absolutely know it's this time of year. That's why it's on the board, right? It, this is the time of year where that stuff starts to perk up a little bit more. Um, and usually a tell is is the visits, right? So I'd keep an eye on Ohio State's home schedule, uh, the recruits that show up late in the season here to Columbus that are committed elsewhere, those are the guys that you start to say, hmm, okay, well, this is interesting, right? Because at this point, as a recruit, you're not taking trips to go see a cool game, right? You're, it's too close to signing day. It's next month for most of these kids. You're not just like, hey, let me go watch a cool game at the horseshoe. You're like, no, I'm, I really need to know if, if I need to you know, scratch this Ohio State itch, uh, conversely. So I don't have the greatest list of names for you one way or the other, but Ohio State will be involved in flip season. It's just if you're an elite school near that number one spot in recruiting, you are both trying to poach and trying to avoid being poached simultaneously. And Ohio State's well-versed and experienced in that front, and this cycle will be no different. We are almost a week away from JT Tui Malowal's monster game, abnormal performance, out-of-body experience he had against Penn State where he had a pick, an interception when he dropped back into coverage, a pick six in the fourth quarter, a strip sack, which he recovered the fumble. He also tipped the pass, which led to Zach Harrison getting an interception. I mean, he had his hands all over the place. He was dominant, tackles for loss, fumble recoveries, touchdown, six tackles. So, I mean, he was just a dog in that game. You mentioned Keon Keeley, Damon Wilson, Mateo Uyunglele. I knew that was going to come up at some point in the show, didn't know when. And John, I'm thinking about those three guys specifically. We're thinking about how that performance alone, one game by JTT, could impact Buckeye recruiting, especially with these three guys. How do you think they're viewing that performance that Tui Malowal had a week ago against Penn State? Well, look, it's the best defensive end performance of the year, probably of the last couple of years, right? I mean, I know Will Anderson at Bama's had some crazy games over the last two years, but I mean, I think individually in terms of a one-game sample, how could there be a better game than this, right? This is the equivalent of a quarterback throwing for 500 yards and five touchdowns. It's just hard to imagine possibly duplicating something like that. And I think the timing here was, was important, right? It was a game where – Look, Ohio State was good, not great. They didn't bring their best offensive effort to it against Penn State, which always has a good defense. And then the defense of Ohio State took over, which is really what the doctor has ordered for the Bucs in 2022, right? That was the big question mark after last year. How can this defense be better? And and, and the defense went out and sealed this game. And, and JT obviously individually had, had the biggest hand or two hands in that conversation. So I think this is good timing wise, not only for Ohio state and, and how we view them as a current roster, but the future roster, you've got to look another feather in the cap for Larry Johnson, just another tangible example beyond chase young and the Bosa brothers and all these other great players, another tangible and current example of these are the kind of guys we want at Ohio state. And all three of the ones that we talk about are in that same kind of height, weight, athleticism, positional projection perspective, right? They're all between 6'4 and 6'6, between 230 and 260 pounds, all three of these guys, right? They all project at that same exact spot. So 
they you know they were tuning in and if they didn't see it live you know they saw it on social or the coaching staff reminded them of it as well i think it's it's a one-to-one ratio of this is what we want you to do here look at this one game we think you can come do that at ohio state it's different when it's tangible and when you see it again um we, we talk about the other great pass rushers that have come through but when it's happening right now it's just easier to resonate with and link between a, a current player and a, a current recruit so um obviously west coast wise you know jtt's from seattle we know mateo's from south socal um all the polynesian ties we talk about that certainly doesn't hurt in that regard and then with the two floridians wilson and keely athletically right in that ballpark right so th- those are the the players that you're selling to the future uh and say hey you know come come keep this thing up when when JT's gone and, and making his own plays on Sundays, right? So it was it was nice to see him turn the corner, right? He started late at Ohio State, all, all that stuff. Good to see him continue to turn the corner and have his the JTT game, right? I'm assuming that's what your audience is going to call that win over Penn State for years to come. The flu game, the JTT game, they all yeah. go hand in hand. John, I do think though, not oh, just these kids now, these youngsters now, I. I I don't think JTT is done having an like, – I don't think it's going to be his – like, of course, I don't I don't think he's going to have another game as wild as what he just had with those numbers yeah, and those things like right? that. <laughs> but I still think, though, with a lesser opponent in Northwestern, a lesser opponent in Indiana, a lesser opponent in Maryland, you mentioned recruiting guest list. The guest list against Michigan when Ohio State hosts them, it, I don't think it'll be as wild as a Notre Dame game because that was in better weather. But still, it's Ohio State, Michigan. That's going to be a wild, crazy type of guest list as well for 23, 24, and 2025 recruits. Maybe even 2026 when unofficials like, "Hey, right. I, I'm young. I want to, I want to get my, I want to get a jump start at what Ohio State might be or what Ohio State is." That Michigan game, and not just JTT, but the Ohio State team as a whole, that's as big of a game for recruiting as any game Ohio State plays in any college football season. Right. And if you look at the teams at the very top of the list from from a from a current roster perspective, right, college football playoff rankings, all that stuff just came out rivalry wise. You know, Bama Auburn doesn't feel the same this year. Mm -hmm. Um, Clemson, South Carolina doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like it's a big deal this year. Uh, Who who else is near the top? I mean, TCU in, in that conversation. It's Michigan, Ohio State. Right. I mean, these are these are the two of the top, what, five teams in the country. This is that weekend rivalry weekend. This is the game. It always is, um, but comparatively with some of those other schools at the very top, it's it's a no-brainer if you're looking at all of them. Um, and then you throw in what happened last year and the revenge factor, all that stuff. Really, it just lines up incredibly well uh, for Ohio State and Michigan to both really benefit uh, from, from that rivalry weekend compared to the other schools that are near uh, the top of the rankings. So, yeah, it'll be a big deal. Ohio State never struggles to get top recruits on campus, and that'll be another one that we kind of marvel at when the time comes. John, it's fun having you on. I love everything you bring to the table, and I just can't wait to look and talk. Look, I look forward to talking to you again, and you never know. Maybe another commitment could happen. <laughs> uh, maybe somebody could flip. I don't know. We just have some fun stuff to talk about when it comes to Ohio State football recruiting. If you could, John, once again, like always, let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter if they're not watching on YouTube. Then also where they can catch all the good stuff you guys are doing about football recruiting over at Sports Illustrated. 
Yeah, Twitter's real simple. It's just my name, John Garcia underscore JR. And yeah, fresh class rankings out uh, on SI.com right now. Ohio State is at number two on that list. Um, heavy hitters at the top, as you would imagine. So, you know, check out the numbers and see how close it might be here down the home stretch. It'll be very fun. And guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. Send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. JTT's performance was amazing. I know there was a recruiting angle. We got to get that from John Garcia. Had to talk about Caden McDonald. And who can be the next Buckeye commitment? Of course, Keon Keeley, Damon Wilson, and Mateo Uyunglele came back up in the conversation. John Garcia, love having you on. Thanks for coming back on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Jay. Thanks for having me.